live on a Thursday night. It is, uh, well, it's a Colin show because, listen, us nerds know. We know. And we're all feeling it, too. I mean, everybody's the same way, but we're all feeling it that uh, maybe you need a little bit of help. Maybe you're burying your pride so deeply and trying to hide all of your inhibitions and all of your problems from other people. And we're here to help. And if it has anything to do with your feelings, your thoughts, uh, you know, any of the baggage that you have, well, fuck off because we don't care. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> just just grass. Let's just keep it. Let's just keep it to grass tonight and let's have a good time. All right. So uh, tonight is a Colin show. Uh, we are trying to uh, make ourselves available to help you out with any and all lawn related problems. So whether you're a pro, an average Joe, anything in between, hobbyist, enthusiast, amateur pro, we don't like labels here. Do we, Ray? We don't like labels. No, no. We we do not discriminate. I mean, this is a equal opportunity place where we tell everybody, and I mean Get everybody, fuck. when to fuck off. Exactly. <laughs> and, I, and then that's the way it should be. So um, a couple of things. Number one, uh, Matt will be joining us, I think, at some point here this evening. We'll see. He is uh, indisposed right now, so we are taking it to you live. Second thing is that uh, we want your participation. It's a tough time of year. Everybody is uh, dealing with weather issues. They're dealing with staff issues if you're a pro, dealing with timing issues, product issues, whatever the case might be, and uh, we're here to help. So, Jay Pink, go ahead and open up those phone lines. Let's throw that well, number up on the screen. Oh, wait. We're going to we're gonna, we're are gonna we dialing out? call out. Yeah, we're going to call we're dialing out. our buddy Eric. Knoxville, Eric. Knoxville, oh yeah, Eric. The, hey. the one that we did that lawn series on that never got finished. Um, well, it's really it's a, it's a, the rest of it's a choose your own adventure kind of thing, you know. <laughs> Who knows where it ended up? Pretty much. It's like, don't you hate movies that end too early and they make you like wonder what happened? <clears throat> well, yeah, Matt's an artistic Matt's an artistic genius, and we're just gonna have to listen live with his. Uh, you know, his homage to Stanley Kubrick in lawn YouTube world, I guess, is that that's really what it's at. So, all right, let's call <laughs> Eric and and hopefully we'll, we're going to find out what's going on. Hello, Eric, it's Pizza Hut. We want to know about your lawn. <laughs> my lawn is ruined it's your fault it's our oh. fault oh. Oh. oh well listen how about i give you some fr some free breadsticks and a trip through the buffet next time you come and we'll call it good huh no seriously <laughs> uh, what, what so i'm a little bit uh, i'm a little bit in the background because i was not there when the lawn was done i've seen the videos and i don't necessarily know how it got finished i know we talked in your episode way way back so you got to give everybody the update the quick and dirty they they went and did the lawn. What has happened since, and where are we right now? Okay, so it was fall of 2021, and we mm -hmm. killed all the weeds, um, put down put down seed. Matt came and ran the uh, split seeder, I think it's called, and you know, like about mm -hmm. killed himself over here. He he let me run it for a few minutes and was like, okay, uh, you're you're like a look like a teenage girl out there. So then he took over and uh, ran the machine pretty hard, put seed down. And then within like, I would say six weeks, 
maybe maybe a little bit more it was looking fantastic like just completely a new yard everything came in great we put up like the daisy chain uh sprinkler system pretty redneck but works um and so got it looking good and then fast forward to spring of 2022 so maybe i uh, just call it six to seven months later it was looking great um but then we went to Spain for vacation, and when we were there, Tennessee got like a freak heat wave. I mean, just ungodly hot. I think most of the country did, but mm-hmm. um, and so it was still pretty new grass at that point, and there was nobody here to like kind of water or look after the yard, and it just got completely fried. Um, so then most, of, yeah, most of them. Yeah, it was pretty rough. The, the backyard actually recovered because it, it's a little bit more shady. Um, and, and it actually looks great for the most part. Um, and then so most of 2022, the, the backyard looked great. The front yard never recovered. Mm-hmm. Um, and then fast forward to fall of 2022. So a year later, I thought I would put um, new seed down. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, John... And Matt recommended some seed to buy from United Seed. Um, And I put that down last fall. But then the weather kind of, temperatures kind of tanked. And nothing ever happened with that seed. It was like it just didn't exist. Um, So then fast forward to about a month ago, I I put the remainder of the seed I had left uh, in the yard. And again, it's like nothing has happened. So... Yeah, that was long winded. That's the answer. Well, no, no, that's all good information. I think it gives us a point to go off of. So, basically, the seed last fall, in effect, what around about like you know when was that seed date? If you had to, if you had to say, uh, I would say sometime in September of last year. Oh. I I put quite a bit of seed down, hoping that it would kind of you know, do a thing and help the yard recover a little bit. And then, mm. yeah, it just doesn't happen. Okay. So for those of you that don't know, uh, he, uh, Eric put down uh, ryegrass and actually did, uh, it, it's a nice, a nice little blend of ryegrass here. And so Eric, as far as watering goes after the fall seeding, did you do any supplemental watering or is it just kind of like up to mother nature to provide some rains and just kind of go that route? Uh, I did. I kind of remember the exact details. I remember talking with John about it. I feel like I waited too long to water it. And mm-hmm. then we usually, you know, the months of here, the month of September and October can still be pretty hot. And then instead we had just unusually mild temperatures. It was like as soon as I put that seed down. So I don't know that it ever got a chance to really um, kind of do what it should have. I just, it was kind of an unusual fall for us. So. Yeah, I think it was for everybody. It was tough. It's been a tough couple of years, I would say, for uh, grass growing in general, especially if you're trying to establish some seed and you don't have good, reliable irrigation, all that kind of stuff. So, and then the seed that went down here this this spring was just you know within the last couple of weeks or so, something like that. Yep, it went probably okay. within the first. I would say like March seventh, roughly. I could go back and look at pictures, but I think that's oh, when I put yeah. it down. Okay. Yeah, so with all that, I mean, I think uh, you got a couple of things going on here. I'll let Ray kind of touch on some of the the weed issues that might pop up and pre-emergence and things like that. But I'll just say that, you know, 
you've got soil with warming temperatures down there. Uh, and it, I, I think it's been a little cooler than normal. I was down uh, in Tennessee just a couple of weeks ago for a quick vacation, and uh, it was unseasonably cold down there uh, for mid-March. So I know that it hasn't warmed up quite the way it normally would there in, in March. And so hopefully April turns the corner and uh, things start to get warmer. So that being said, soil temperatures warming up. That's going to be your friend right now is that that ryegrass will start to pop at maybe like 45 degrees at the very bottom end of the scale, 45 degrees soil temperature, right? And I think you're going to see it uh, largely improve once you get above 50 and 55. So, um, you know, those soil temperatures need to be consistent too. So you know, with the heating and cooling of the day, that makes it kind of go down a little bit faster than it would if it was sunny and the days are longer, all that kind of stuff. So we're going to get into a a situation where that stuff should start to pop. But I think what you need to be mindful of is just trying to keep it watered. Uh, you know, even even on cooler days, it doesn't necessarily mean that uh, temperature is the most important thing when it comes to moisture, right? So uh, think of those two things separately, right? Heat in the soil, good. But that doesn't necessarily mean that uh, seed's going to dry or uh, stay wet. So just think about uh, how it feels outside. So if it's not very humid or if there's a lot of wind, that seed is definitely drying out and you want to get some water on it. So um, just water it a couple times a day is fine, you know, especially if there's enough existing grass. How much of the lawn would you say right now in the front has like desirable grass on it as it stands, like from, from from the previous seeding? On a percentage basis, Maybe like zero to one hundred, forty to fifty percent of it. Ooh, ooh, whoa. Okay, whoa. So yeah, we got to start backing backyard. grass pretty quick. Look, looks great. It yeah, the backyard's probably like eighty-five to ninety percent. It it really looks really nice. Everybody comments on it. Um, and you know, if I could even get the front yard to look as good as the back, I, I would be satisfied. So. Mm. All right. Now, so Ray, real- to me, oh, oh, we put down uh, titanium. Uh, yeah. I thought the titanium was was tall fescue, not rye. Is it? No, I thought. Okay, maybe. Yeah. I'm not, my, my bad. It's, my bad. Fescue. Yeah, I did. I wasn't when you said rye earlier. I was kind of questioning in my head what you meant, but I'm thinking yeah, we, of, we put uh, down fescue. I'm thinking of uh, Grand Slam as their other A list variety, and that's what was in my head. Perennial ryegrass, and then we got yeah. Jesse Bousquet down here talking about Baron Brug. So I've got ryegrass on the brain. Thanks, Jesse. No, yeah. it's my fault. But <laughs> yeah, regardless, that hard. Re- regardless, uh, big seeded species, right? Like tall fescue and and ryegrass, same type of uh, regime as far as growing in. So uh, that all being said, Ray, my question mm-hmm. to you is: How should Eric approach? It's a very tenuous time to be trying to establish, especially in Tennessee with all the heat coming. What would you say about, you know, pre-emergent versus no pre-emergent? And if so, you know, tenacity, not, no tenacity I actually, as far as that. I actually would go one further in that oh boy. N- knowing what kind of weed pressure Eric actually gets. Because remember now, I was there in October 2021 and I saw yep. what could potentially come up in his lawn uh his lawn if you were worried about weeds and in the context of him seeding recently he would literally be the candidate for rather than a traditional pre-emergent a broadcast application of quinclorac uh-huh he would be a candidate for that because i'm looking at 
him trying to grow in grass. But at the same time, Eric here, his lawn is a is a wild violet party. Okay. Ooh. ooh. Seriously. Ooh. <laughs> so now, is there many are is, there many is, weeds out there right now, Eric? Are there many weeds out there? He's right. In the past, my yard has had a lot of wild violet. Right now, it's not too bad. There is a little bit in the backyard um, where the grass is, ironically, it's like where the grass is the healthiest, the, the wild violet also seems to want to thrive, which I guess makes sense, right? Um, mm-hmm. But in, in the front yard right now, there's very little weeds just because it's just so barren. So, Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, so Ray. Then, with all that being said, you're saying you're saying that even though that seed's already down to make an application of quinclorac, now or later or when? Probably the way I would time him is most likely at first emergence of any crabgrass or foxtail, because I understand that quinclorac as a pre doesn't last as long as your traditional pre-emergent. So ideally, he wants that pre-emergent coverage more into the growing season because right now, not much is happening as far as his weeds are concerned. Not much. I mean, of course, violet is one of those things where it comes up and it takes a pretty hard freeze to make it go back down so it's there but then my worry for him would be actually crabgrass and foxtail and how to deal with that without doing anything that's going to negatively affect the establishment of the seed that he's trying to get established at this point because if he were if you were not seeding, yeah, I would be looking at our traditional pre-emergence. But then, because he did seed, not not this time, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> I can say Matt's uh, overall recommendation was hammer it with three quarters of a pound of nitrogen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could do that and try okay. to push it and get going. Yeah, I, it, sure. Yeah, feed it. Feed it would be the other thing to do. Well, you feed it, and the what goes along with the feeding, though, is water. Because based on what I'm hearing, what made the grass go away in the first place was a lack of water. And heat. That's what. And yeah, heat. Well, extreme yeah, heat I mean, and long patch of dry spell. And and a, and a long drought. I mean, when you tell me hot weather and a long period with no rain, I basically would imagine that any kind of cool season grass would be gone. Okay, <laughs> gone. You don't have it anymore. So, kind of looking well, at the a, yeah, a new new yard too. My neighbor has a really nice yard of fescue, but his is more mature. And yeah, he's had it for a while. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you, you were you were too new for that uh extremely hot weather in uh in twenty twenty two. That that was a bit too soon for that. 
Exactly. So, so right. Ray, looking at the forecast here, we've got 70 and then, you know, scattered showers for the next almost two weeks mm-hmm. in the forecast right now. Be, this he, would be almost. I was going to say, if he does hammer fertilizer. it with the fertilizer, okay. Um, and would you say yeah. AMS? Sure. AMS. There's a there's an ewing uh, nearby me, and uh, we can we can grab if a bag. Can, you can go get some. Sure, sure. I mean, I would absolutely say that uh, this spring, because they're trying to get fill in and recovery, you're looking at a half a pound to three quarters of a pound of AMS, probably up to two times thirty days apart, and of okay. course stopping feeding by june no more nitrogen by by june yeah and then resume resume nitrogen of course in september once things cool down a bit eric when do you uh when do you leave for the tundra meetup the end of April, the 22nd. Okay. So if we fed it now, that would give you a couple of weeks of, of mowing it, and then you could feed it when you come back. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds good. I think it's going to be a process, Eric. I don't uh, just, just, you know, uh, resign yourself or get motivated by. I'm not sure what the correct uh, uh, verb <laughs> choice is here, but uh, just know that it's going to be a process. It's going to be... You know, you're trying to go from 40 or 50 percent to 60 or 70 percent, you know, here by the summertime, knowing there's probably going to be some attrition, that there's going to be some unbearable heat. There's going to be some times you're just not able to water it because, you know, life happens and that it'll be a process to get this established. And that's just the nature, too, of growing tall fescue, you know, in eastern Tennessee is that, you know, some summers it's going to look banging all year. And the other summers it's going to be like, why the hell did I do this? This is this sucks. You know, and, and you're picking up the pieces every fall. So just yeah. resign yourself to that. It's a, it's a journey. And, you know, if you get it, when you get it right, uh, it will be, you know, you'll look at it, especially this time of year, every year, and be like, man, this stuff is great. Look how awesome it looks. And that'll be just a fact of life, you know, there forward. So uh, definitely feed it. Definitely be ready to spray some weeds here coming up in the next probably, oh, I'd say five, six weeks. Um, You'll definitely have crabgrass emerging and be ready to spray that out. That'll take care of uh, some of your other ones. And depending on the health of the grass, maybe you can add a couple of things in the tank. But we'll definitely talk between now and then and see if we can't help <laughs> you along a little bit more. But uh, seed it, may, feed it, water it, and pretty good. If his God. concern was that the seed he threw at the beginning of the month uh, was dead, would you feel that is the case given what we went through with weather, old weather? No, 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 I doubt. I mean, the the only thing I'd be worried about is if it did germinate and it, and it sat there and it's just still kind of looking a little pukey, uh, you know, like limeish green, real spindly, like single blade leaves and stuff like that. But if it's still just sitting there, it's fine. It just means it hasn't warmed up sufficiently to get that seed to pop. Uh, tall fescue is a tough plant, big seed takes a lot to get it going, but once it does get going, it's fine. So, um, there you go, Eric. Yep. Keep the faith and stay committed. That's the, those are my two big picture 
uh, recommendations. Cool. Once it gets tall enough, I'm going to make John come mow it in his button-down shirt in the heat. So, oh, not, not the not evil. The suit. <laughs> evil. <laughs> what what uh, we all don't know is that Jay Pink walks around in a crushed uh, velvet, you know, uh, tracksuit every time he's not on camera. We it's just just the way it is. <laughs> no no shirt. He's got a gold chain around the neck. Uh, in like mm-hmm. white, white, white samba shoes. I think. May those pictures were for you, not to share with everyone else. <laughs> it's one of those zippers. It's real easy to come down. That's all I'm gonna say. So, oh all right, hey Eric, thanks, dude. I appreciate you calling in. Stay in touch with us. Let us know how it's going. And uh, thank you for the uh, the the next episode, the continuing saga of Eric's, Eric's lawn. I, yeah, no problem. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Later. Eric. Appreciate it, dude. You know, it's it, it it is a commitment down. Like, I don't know. I feel like that area of the country, you know, Eastern Tennessee, the Carolinas, like portions of the Carolinas. Anyway, it's just tough to be right a hundred percent of the time. That you know, that is why they call it the transition zone. That is why you can grow all the grasses, but none of them well. I mean, it's just. That's the kind of shit. Is like one week can ruin the whole goddamn year. All right, go ahead, cowboy. There you go. To whom do we have the pleasure of speaking, there, cowboy? How's it going, buddy? It's your buddy. It's, it's, going it's well. Kevin. How's it going, Some Beach? What's going oh, on, dude? Hey, Kevin. Uh, hey, listen, listen. No, 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 no. This is not Kevin. This is not Some Beach. This is actually the the newest and most recent licensed applicator in the state of new york ladies and gentlemen he's here and live with us tonight can you believe it <laughs> jpeg really pulled, it, pulled all the, he pulled all the strings to get us on the show oh shit what would you do oh no i got a cramp i'm good oh 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 <laughs> I, 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 I thought you used the plug without the the bubble end or something like that and we we're gonna have to go to the emergency room but that's good all right, no anyway. no it was it was double ribbed. You told me double ribbed. No, that's it's <laughs> it's there for it's there for your safety and for the proctologist, uh, the attending to not have to uh, to deal with anything like that. All right, what's going on? You, know I, you got you got some uh, grading issues you were talking to me about, but I don't know if that's that or what. What you, what you got for us tonight? So I was calling in to talk about those drainage issues. I sent oh Jay Pink boy. some pictures. Obviously, I can't really see them because. YouTube stops working when I call on my phone. I'll but, describe them to you. So I'll describe your pictures There's a to picture you, words. overhead that I drew on. That one kind of shows the overhead view back before we had some trees removed. Uh-huh. And the area around the pool stays fairly yeah. wet, obviously under the deck too, but I'm not really worried about there. And then around uh-huh. that big, it's it's 1,000 square foot, uh, landscape area with that pond in it. Okay. And that is okay. probably the wettest area from the tree that was removed just near the pool all the way yep. to the property line. All right. And there's some other pictures pro- you can see I took tonight that are uh-huh. towards the end. Um, it kind of shows a bunch of sticks and stuff down. That kind of gives you an idea of what it's looking like right now. With it's pretty good. 
some stand a mixture of standing water, very muddy, unmulched landscape bed, and uh, lots of tree debris. But all right, it never really dries so, out until June. What direction? Last so, year, uh, okay, so I'm looking towards a fence, and there's a shed in the background. What direction am yep. I looking when I'm when I'm looking this way? When you're looking, so the if you're looking at that picture, the yeah. upper left corner is north. That's true north. So it's kind okay. of the northern side of the yard. So it's already going to be a little more. Yeah, it's like northeast. That's where the shed is facing. Yeah, and so it looks like there's a lot of trees here, you know, kind of on the west-ish side of the lawn here. So, you're, you know, a lot of your prevailing winds are getting blocked, so it's not really drying out that way. Probably got some shade issues over there as well. You're getting decent morning sun, but and this looks just really flat too. That's that's the thing I notice about it. Ray, so anything? It's you actually see? Oh, oh, it's hard to ahead. see in the pictures, but it's it's kind of a bowl. The upper portion where the uh, where the shed is, that's kind of like a little upper shelf. And if I had to guess, I couldn't find an app to give me elevations. But if I had to guess, it probably drops somewhere between ten. 10-ish feet. It's like a small, it's a gradual slope. It's not like a big drop-off, but okay. it definitely I, I all drains into that landscape area. Yeah, I do see a grade. I do, I do unfortunately see a grade where somehow, some way, the lawn is literally tilted into the uh, non-lawn areas where to me, by rights, I typically see situations where the house, pool, whatever, is literally constructed on top of a mountain, and the rest of the yard sharply slopes away from it. Mm-hmm. So, so, what I'm kind of thinking happened is these trees, because there's, so the three trees that are dotted on my property in the picture that has the, yes. the drawing on it. Those are all removed. Mm-hmm. That was one locust and two 70-foot ash trees that are removed down to stumps right now. So those are going to get ground or dug out. I haven't figured out which I can actually do yet this year. So there's going to be some regrading. We're also getting a chain-link fence put in. So there's also going to be more grading with that, and I'm going to have some extra dirt. But what I kind of think happened is the neighbor has five dead ash trees in her backyard alone, and I think that kind of just raised up. It kind of just raised Mm -hmm. up her whole backyard right along the property line, and it kind of got rid of the natural swale that I feel like was there because at the bottom left side, that northern edge where it is on mine, my neighbor right next to me with the pool and those dead trees, she has a storm drain. Mm, yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, it's like typically it's yeah. right. It's buried under pine trees, but that's mm. where it is. So I could tie into mm. that if I had to. I just don't know how to get there effectively without having to dig up her yard. So that yeah, that's, that's gonna be a chance. Out. Well, so if man, there's a lot to wade through here. So uh, you know, number one, you're gonna want to get your fall going back towards that drain obviously i mean that's priority number one it's it it does look like i see what you're saying now 
that I see this and see uh, your previous one with shed and kind of how it's generally going over that way, right? It's kind of falling. If I'm looking at this picture with the shed and the first big tree nearest in the foreground, it's kind of falling towards us and towards that tree in that general direction over towards the neighbor's place where that drain would be. And so, you know, you're going to generate some dirt from the fence, but like not an appreciable amount. I mean, this is one no. where you got th- three options. It's really one or two or a combination of both, which is, you know, you're going to bring in a shitload of dirt and try and grade this, you know, with fall, basically match the elevation of what your shed is and make that fall a little bit steeper, right? Going over towards uh, that drain. It sounds like this drain, though, is you're saying there's some pine trees and stuff around it. Like, is it covered over completely or what? No, so yeah, I wouldn't say it's covered. Like, you can still see the, the grate. Like, if I dug down, I'm sure I could punch a hole in the side of it, even though I'm probably not supposed to do that. I never heard that. So if I was to run, I was supposed to run French drains. I wouldn't be opposed to running them. The neighbor said I could do, if I need to do something, I can put stuff through her yard if I needed to. So the three options I had in mind was, obviously, I'm trying to keep costs to a minimum because we aren't going to live in this house forever. Um, One thing I had talked, I saw you doing on your sports fields was the sand slit drainage. So part of me thought, well, I'm going to have a trencher out here because I do have some irrigation work to do in the front yard. Mm -hmm. Maybe I could dig as deep of a trench as possible. Mm-hmm. backfill it with sand maybe that would help i'm not sure if it I, would oh it absolutely would and i think if you kind of carry that all down um you know going to that route you're gonna have a decent amount of so you could do it that way okay so that's not a terrible idea whereby you know you can go ahead and trench in all that drainage now what it does and doesn't do you got a couple of sequencing issues here right so Trench all that in, you're going to have to scoop that up, right? Because you're going to create all those spoils off to the side. It's going to be a pain in the butt to clean it up. Um, but if you take all that dirt, now you've got something that you can go fill real bad low spots in, right? And try to regrade some spots as needed so you don't have these little bird baths all throughout the lawn, right? Um, mm-hmm. That being said, come back in with sand, and I wouldn't go crazy. Like You don't need to have like USGA sand or anything like that. It's going to be tough to grow grass in some of those areas, but it, it will creep in over time. So, like, if this wasn't a forever home or this wasn't, like, a major to-do about, like, the overall 100% surface quality, then just go with straight sand. If you need to get creative and do something different, I might give you some other options, but that's, like, way too far down the rabbit hole for us to talk about right now. That all being said, yeah. yes, I think it will absolutely help to get that water moved that general direction, right? So... You know, what that might look like is, you know, literally with that water kind of going, uh, I guess it would be kind of northeastish to southwestish, roughly speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're going to take at least one, if not two main trunk lines, so, so to speak, right? And I would just keep them a couple you know, feet apart, three, four, five feet apart, wide enough for the trencher to get through on either side and send those down towards the catch basin. And then if you want to, you can add some laterals in there, right? So whether it's a herringbone pattern, you know, on 45s to pick up the water as it's coming, you know, from the shed down towards the catch basin and just tap into those mains, dig everything in. 
personally, if it were me, I would just start with like two or three of those in the middle of the yard and leave the rest. You know, you're not going to intercept a ton I, with the spoils that you generate. You should be able to grade enough of the worst areas right there to make it a little bit more palatable from just from a mowing standpoint. So you're not like, you know, walking on a good firm ground this time of the year and then you're walking through a squishy mess in another part when you're trying to mow or do something like that. Or, you know, when your son's big enough, he starts playing out in the yard. And it's like, oh, hey, don't go over here because it's going to be wet. Like, you can fix some of those areas and kind of take care of the functional aspects of the yard. Still get the water going on the drains. Other thing, too, is if there's anything covering that drain or anything preventing water from getting into the surface inlet. Or the other thing, when I ask the question about if it's covered up, there might be a whole mess of shit in there or in the pipe, the outflow pipe. It'd probably be worth, you know, again, not trying to tip anybody off and not having anybody coming back out there after the fact, but... It would probably be worth a call to, you know, your local municipality or whoever uh, governs the stormwater structures in that area and just say, hey, like, you know, can you guys come out and inspect this? Make sure it's, you know, working properly. It looks like it's covered up and it's not maybe doing its job. And they might be able to find out for you if, you know, it's cleaned out, if there's not a bunch of sediment and shit and debris in the bottom of that catch basin. And then the same thing on the outflow pipe. Because the worst thing in the world would be to put all this drainage in and have your water flowing down there. And then to create a lake in your neighbor lady's lawn, uh, that's probably not going to be cool. Yeah. And even though it wouldn't be your fault, you know, sometimes, you know, you have to help the neighbor lady unclog her pipes. You know what I mean? So uh, <laughs> it just, just uh, Ray does it all the time. He's he's a sweetheart of a guy and does that for, for people, ladies, uh, all the time. Yeah, Ray loves cleaning Sheila's pipes. Yeah, he does. They <laughs> she calls in the She calls in the lawn plumber. Uh, I, you know, sometimes I get it, sometimes I don't, but, uh, yeah. Hey, that's right. That's right. Uh Oh, the other, the other idea I had was, would it just changing the grading and then doing like a sump pump setup, kind of like what, uh, our friend in Michigan did not, not quite that elaborate, but you told me that you were digging that. So I would encourage you because okay, I would go down that wormhole because uh, French Drain Man, who is also from Michigan. So you're talking about our, our good friend, Ben, which I need to call Ben. He tried to call yeah. me this week and I had uh, I had a hell of a week. It's been a, it's been a long week and it's only Thursday. That being said. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm looking for highest impact and lowest uh, effort. Right. I think the drainage piece, like just doing the the sand channels like the the french drain like that it's probably your your highest mm-hmm. impact and least effort of all the three grading is going to cost some bucks i mean it's it's going to be uh expensive when you get down to it unless you're going to do a lot of the work yourself and where does the soil come from and all that kind of stuff because you're just not going to generate enough soil out of whatever trenching you do or fence construction or anything like that it's just simply not going to happen so I, I and I think that's one thing too, where unless you do it a hundred percent right like that, you're just going to move the water somewhere else and, beca- and have it be a problem. Yeah. So um, and that's what I'm worried about because it's already encourage, kind of ruining this landscape area. I would encourage you to go watch because oh. we're very wet here. Have you ever watched the the gentleman named French Drain Man on uh, YouTube before? I have. Okay. French Dream Man. I, I, I watched Ben's whole whole build, and then I've watched a bunch of his other stuff too. So I'll have to check out. Is there any particular video you have in mind? Yeah, there's a couple of them where he's dealing with the same thing with a with a yard that's got piss poor grade and it's very flat in general, and or you know it's it's 
to the point where water's trapped in the middle of the yard as opposed to, you know, where it should be out on the edges. And like I, his system, while it's not for everybody, you could you could make your own or roll your own uh, FDM st- style system in that yard and probably do a self install. Like if you had, if you go rent a uh, uh, rent a mini for like a weekend, it's the Mini X. You could put in all the same kind of stuff. If you want to use his tile, like his the, the Boffman tile that he sells is pretty cool stuff. It's nothing super special. It's just different the way that they make it, and they they it allows more water, and that's about it. But you could kind of, like I said, roll your own with locally available materials and do a similar type of setup. The thing that you need to measure, though, is you know from the shed down to that catch basin, and from your low points out there in the middle of the yard to that catch basin exactly how much fall is there right so you can do it the old string method right just set up a, st- a stake at either end and pull a string out level and just check it make sure it's level all the way across and you measure your fall with a tape measure from string down to the ground and then remember seventh grade math y equals mx plus b figure out what your slope is and then uh you know kind of go from there so without getting into you know super detailed boring shit and i'm not like saying this is boring but uh i could go all day on this so i don't want to i don't want to bore everybody else but so my my uh summary of recommendations is one know what your slope is so we need we do need to figure that out that's really important because you need to know how much fault you have going down that direction so that's that's job number one job number two is watch a couple of those fdm videos and see if that might be a ticket for you in terms of installing some of the strange to be a little bit more efficient in how you're moving water but don't discount the idea of just uh you know trenching it you know removing the spoils and then um backfilling with sand i think both of those have their pluses and minuses in terms of the amount of work and the relative cost of those both of those things so that would be something to weigh and then lastly is you know whatever you do you don't want to like you got to have the boy scout mentality like leave it better than you found it so if you're not going to live here forever and you have to sell the house one day you don't want your potential buyers to walk out there and be like what the fuck happened to the backyard holy shit like that like it can't be like so this last thing they see you know they, they they see the whole house like oh this is great i can see us living here you know honey i'd love to have sex with you in that master bathroom this is really cool and then they walk out in the backyard like oh we ain't having sex here we're done bye see ya okay so just consider that when you when you uh consider all of your options uh make sure that whatever you do you go all the way in and at least say that hey i did it uh, as complete as we could and that's all we're willing to do so you know here's an amazon gift card and you know, go plug her, go, go clean her pipes out in the bathroom. I, I agree with that. Definitely. Uh, think and a dingo oh. in the front yard planned oh. and there will be a mini X here to dig an egress yep. window for the basement. So there's a good chance uh, you... I'll be able to get some. And plus I have a bobcat at my disposal. As long as I plan ahead, so mm-hmm. yeah, I've got I've got toys that my my family has available to me. So, so you started talking about equipment and toys, and I thought we were going down the marital aid route, but no, I think those are all good things. And no matter what, uh, I have faith that you will uh, take an otherwise wet situation and make it better. So, to that, I'm I'm yeah. appreciative. And seriously, congratulations to you, uh, a, a, a testament to uh, our community. I don't like that word, but I, I say it 
from time to time, mm-hmm. our community, our group of people of like-minded folks that continue to want to get better. Here's Kevin, a guy who, you know, was literally whatever you want to label it, an enthusiast or whatever, you know, three or four years ago when he got on the Discord and he has continued to improve himself, prove his skill set, his desire to try and do something with uh, his knowledge and his passion. And here he is. He just got licensed in probably what is the toughest fucking state in the entire country to get licensed in New York state. So kudos to Kevin. We love you. We, we enjoy your tenacity and not the kind that silver symbol sells the real tenacity, <laughs> right? The hard work and the drive tenacity. and the grit to get it done. Tenacity. That's right. Tenacity. That's right. Keep going, keep and keep doing it. Uh, but do those things for me on the yard slope. Uh, watch a little bit of French drain, man, to kind of understand the flat site thing. And then let's talk about, you know, the right way forward. But uh, I think you're going to have the tools and the time to get it done the right way. Well, thank you very much. And I also appreciate the thanks on passing those tests. It's still a long ways to go, but hopefully this season I will get to start treating lawns. Appreciate it, guys. Count all the wins. Get it. There he goes. There he goes. Yep. Wow. We should wow. do. Uh, we, we can we change the hang up tone to the turkey gobble? Is that possible? Or is that a uh, Google voice thing? I could probably. I could probably pack it. <laughs> Ask me again next week to me. I'll I'll, I'll work right. on having that done for next week. Can we can we break <laughs> into the uh, uh, the uh, Skype code? Can you view source on Skype and redirect the uh Yeah, so pulled? actually yes. Gobble dot so wave. Basically that's what I'm gonna do and then just make it so it always loads that special portion <laughs> when we go to do it. Fuck. Not an IT guy. Not an IT guy. No, somebody yeah, you're not an IT guy. That. Yeah, but if it was if we could hotwire something into a fucking BFD at the plant and make it do the turkey gobble, by golly, we got the right guy here, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, can, I can make a, a, a fireball arc that you have never seen before with uh, <laughs> before 60. So, hey, you know, Matt's the kind of guy that's got like 60 pairs of tweezers in his drawer ready to put a fucking jumper across something to make it work. You know, <laughs> what are all these paper clips for? Don't worry about it. Uh, uh, it is weird sometimes. Who would call ahead, it? Cowboy. Who, yeah, who is this? Hello. Hi. Hey, Hello? Who do we have the pleasure of speaking with? You sound coherent. <laughs> oh, shit, son. Yeah, this is Aldo. Oh, see. Ah, Aldo! Shit! Ah! Another one. Coherent. Strong with the coherence. Coherence is, <laughs> is, a, is, a, is a relative term here, you know? It's relative. It's, yeah. It is relative. What are you doing, Aldo? It is only 6.46 p.m. Hey, yeah. what's going on? Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm uh, chilling right here. I was um, going over some... Uh, some stuff I was seeing in the syllabus for an upcoming class I have, and I thought I'd pick y'all brain Ooh. over something. On by the way, last my pause. That's, that's pause one of quick. my next classes is uh, fertilizers, and As, I was go. What was that? I was just saying that now for those of you that are tuning in at home and don't know, Aldo is the very first uh, recipient of the Thirsty Thursday scholarship. So uh, back in October at our uh, at our live show, our second annual live show, uh, we decided as a group, uh, the four of us that 
You know, there was a lot of, lot of, lot of angst in the industry. We can't find good people, man. It's so hard to find good help. <laughs> instead of bitching, instead of complaining, we said, you know what? Fuck this. We're going to be part of the solution. We're not going to say a goddamn thing. We're just going to do and take action. So we, uh, we put together our funds. We put together our heads, and we awarded the first scholarship. And we made it tough so that you know guys like Aldo, smart uh, pillars of the community, would have to go back to all their friends and family and tell them forever that they were a, a winner of a scholarship. Oh, really? Which one? Uh, the Thirsty Thursday scholarship. Oh, <laughs> oh. So anyway, with the that being said, so all the thirsty so so Otto is is enrolled at turf school out there in Southern California. He's doing well. He just got an A, okay. I believe, in his first in his first class, and he's proceeding on. So all right, so let's hear about. Uh, you were asking me test questions on on the Zoom that we had Saturday night as a group. And uh, it really threw me for a loop for about three seconds. And then anyway, so let's let's dive in. What do you got on the syllabus here? Okay, um, it, it was it, it's pretty vague. You know, it's week one. It's, it should be based around this week two, this and that. And then <clears throat> one of the weeks I saw uh, end sources and their effects on soil. Um, so I I was just looking at some reading material that I have here around stuff that you guys have shared and whatnot. And I was just thinking, which, which of the, which out of like, um, so we have like ammonium sulfate, which can be ammonia can react and acidify, you know, soils. Right. And you have things like calcium nitrate that you're adding calcium into the soil profile, which can uh, increase, the soil pH. I mean, both of these, uh, it's, I think it's fair to say very minimal. It's not really going to move the needle, you know, whatnot, right? But say you had, um, I guess, well, my question was going to be, which of these can have more of an impact given you had, you know, the same soil? I know it varies between like soil type you know, of sandy versus clay. Um, I don't know if grass type would perhaps have any effect on the, uh, the effect on uh, calcium nitrate versus ammonium sulfate. I don't know if y'all can maybe elaborate on that one a little. Hmm. Uh, I think, you know, if, so if we have the same, this is where it gets difficult because if, if the soil has the same buffering capacity, right? Like you kind of, you, you would almost have to start with it at, at, at equivalence on opposite sides of the scale because pH is logarithmic, right? So say you started with the pH of 5.5, and you applied calcium nitrate and measured the rate at which it increased versus a pH of 7.5 and then measured the rate at which ammonium sulfate decreased pH. I think, I think that would probably be closer to apples to apples. Um, and ammonium sulfate is going to be a stronger acidifier than calcium nitrate is going to be a buffer. Okay. Correct. Correct. And, uh, the other <clears throat> thing to consider as well is the fact that when you apply calcium nitrate, you are applying, if I'm not mistaken, calcium nitrate is, I believe, 15 or 16% calcium by weight. And... So in other words, it is going to be tough to apply 
enough calcium nitrate to cause drastic swings in pH and not go over the amount of nitrogen that you need in one year. It's hard to. Having said that, though, if you are already alkaline, for example, last thing you want to do is apply more calcium nitrate. Because then right. when, you're, when you're talking about these, pro, these nitrogen sources that have a definitive acidifying or alkalizing effect, if you do that to soil that is already alkaline or acidic and you take it further in that direction, you, you can get into trouble because I have seen instances, for example, where people were not soil testing and they were applying ammonium sulfate and they were wondering why their turf grass was non-responsive to that ammonium sulfate. And I get their draw their soil test and they're putting ammonium sulfate on a, so, on a soil with a pH of 5.5. Five. And that ammonium sulfate is essentially keeping that soil at 5.5 five if not driving it lower. So, in any case, irregardless, this is where I always advocate, get that soil test if you don't even know if your soil is alkaline or acid. Just get, the, get a soil test and, and know for sure which way it is. Or get some pH strips and just, you know, do a little rud rudimentary test. I mean, it's a, it's a simple yeah, thing that you can do right there on your truck in real time, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grab in, it. In fact, uh, shake it. Do your do your whatever you're going to be doing on the yard, and then come back and dip it. You can go spot spot spray weeds first if you want to, or something. Or uh, just walk the property for Christ's sake, you know, and, and, and get a little you know, little, little you know, bit Matt, of residency time and dip it. You know, Matt. I uh, at at my house, I now have RO water, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. RO, and so that's almost as good as distilled. So. I basically have unlimited water supply for actually doing that kind of what I call a rapid pH test. Mm -hmm. And I'm also familiar with this indicator called bromocymol blue. Oh, yeah, yeah, where, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the thing about bromocymol blue is that if it looks yellow or orange, your pH is 5.5. If it's green, your pH is 7. But if your pH is above 7, then it looks blue. So that's a very handy pH test. And also, I also have the uh, those litmus test strips that read between 5 and 8. And yeah. so, again, yellow is, uh, is 5. You need lime. And if... It, the test strip turns blue. Uh, Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> yeah, and so. if it's if it's if it's burnt orange, that means it's it's probably phosphoric acid. You're not growing anything in it anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Was, it, was was that a a question that uh, was actually showing up in the uh, in the course of the class? Was which which one had a greater uh, buffering effect to the soil? No, not at all. And as a matter of fact, like my classes okay. start till next week. So I was literally just looking at the syllabus and just kind of going over the weekly topics of discussion in the lecture. 
Um, and I, I just went on my own to just reading on, you know, um, end sources and just kind of, it, it just popped in my head. Like if you had, you know, say same everything, the same media, same, you know, watering, the same source of water, uh, you know, and you had one guy doing calnitrate, another guy doing AMS, like who would affect their soil more kind of thing. It was just like a, a, a scenario in my head. Like I wonder what would happen kind of thing. So mm -hmm. if you look up, uh, like I Googled um, the calcium carbonate equivalent of fertilizers. And, uh, and so basically what that will give you is the um, plus or minus, right? So if it's, if it's plus CCE, then that, that tells you that is a, uh, uh, a, a, an acid neutralizing effect, an alkalinity effect. Uh, if it is a minus CCE, then that is a um, uh, an acidifying effect, right? So, uh, like for instance, if you if you pull it up in this first chart, I'm looking at is from UMass, right? Then you see anhydrous ammonium is uh, uh, a minus 148 CCC, uh, CCE uh, per hundred pounds, right? So uh, that is a strong, strong. Uh, acidifying effect on the soil that has versus if you go to calcium nitrate, you see that has a plus 20. That is a liming effect on the soil. And then if you go down and you see uh, potassium nitrate, you see plus 26. That is a, um, uh, a, a, a neutralizing effect. And, you know, you, you go down a little further and you'll see like uh, basic slag, you know, is going to have, it's basic, right? So, uh, mm -hmm. you know, that tells you everything you need to know there. Dolomitic limestone is plus 100. That's 100 CCEs per 100 pounds, right? Burned lime or slaked lime, uh, which, you know, you, you mix that with water, it gets real hot, real fast. You got to be super careful applying that to the soil. You pretty much have to, <laughs> you have wow. to inject that subsurface. You know, plus 178, uh, magnesium oxide, uh, plus 250. Uh, you know, you don't want you don't want that sitting on your on your leaf for too long. And then you go down to like elemental sulfur, you see minus 312. Uh, so I think I think a chart like this is good and gives you. A, I mean, in my opinion, I think that's everything you need to know right there. Yeah, this is. A I great, refer to that I, frequently. Thank you yeah. for bringing this up. Yeah. There's a hydrated lime. That's a fun one. Oh yeah, my favorite. People, just don't don't be careful if you're out there and you you, you think you're going to start playing around with these because it's like, oh well, lime is is 100 cces per 100 pounds, but slate lime is 178. I should go mess around with that. Hang on, hang on. Don't hang on. Don't. I mean, let me. Can I describe to people? Funsies. Yes. Okay. Can I yes. describe to people right. what yes. happens if hydrated lime? lands on wet skin what happens is layers oh. of your skin start peeling off okay all right you a problem with that Hi yeah <laughs> hydrated lime is not a joke and we're silence of the lambs, if hydrated man. if hydrated lime should get in your eyes there's a strong possibility that you go blind because peach on hydrated lime is I believe that is like eleven or twelve, uh, just under KOH. So this is not funny. And yeah, I do apply hydrated lime, but that is at rather low rates, and that is with the understanding 
that at that time I'm I'm basically applying hot sauce. <laughs> Understood. Yeah, uh, I mean, thank you for your input here. Um, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, thank you again. You're most welcome. <laughs> I gotta find this. Where's it at? I had somebody reach out to me on like uh, Instagram and said that they saw. Oh, here, here we go. <laughs> Hang on, let me let me screenshot this and send this. This is gonna send Ray into a tizzy. Oh boy. <laughs> uh hang on a second here. Send it to JPEG. And here you go. This <laughs> this one like you know when you read something and you're just like the pic on my work phone it, so we'll have to send it, but at work we have some potassium hydroxide flakes we were throwing away. I was reading that it's similar to a liquid aeration Holy product, so shit. was asking about if that's true. Oh okay. my God. Look, oh, for boy. anybody that gets a wild hair up their ass and they think, oh, okay, um, the, uh, the, the Air 8 product has five units of potassium from potassium hydroxide and, and, and a little bit of humic material in it. Therefore, uh, I can do the same thing. You can... If you understand math, right? If you think you're going to go get some potassium hydroxide flakes and throw it in your in your tank sprayer and go apply liquid aerate, you are in for a rude fucking awakening real fucking fast. I will warn you. When you dissolve potassium hydroxide in water, you have to be extremely calculated with how you're doing it. And I'm not going to give the math on how to do it. You can ask John Perry. I'm sure he'll he'll gladly tell you how to do it because he'll laugh at you when you attempt it the first time because you're going to make a gigantic mistake and probably end up hurting either yourself or all the grass that you end up spraying. Um, but uh, it is a very exothermic reaction. If you look at that placard on there, right? Do you see those placards? Mm-hmm. That means don't fucking do this. That's all you need to know. The exclamation <laughs> point is just for emphasis. The, they don't they do put this. an exclamation point just to say, holy shit, uh, don't fucking do this, right? Um, it's very yeah. exothermic. It gets very hot. And if you've ever put anything extremely alkaline on your skin, it feels like oil is on your skin, right? Well, that's not. That's because it's dissolving the fats that are in your fucking skin, okay? So that's literally your skin beginning to melt. In fact, if you were to take your hand and submerge it in potassium hydroxide overnight and you pulled it out in the morning, it would be white and then the skin would just peel right off as you took your hand out. And you'd be like, wow, all right, all that right. was a bad choice. So I don't need, fuck around so what with I'm KOH. Hearing, what I'm hearing is I need five units for area. <laughs> yeah. But how many do I need to make my own KY warming liquid personal lubricant? <laughs> even less, even no. less. And uh, oh, the I'll just okay. I'll just stick with spit. Okay, <laughs> because <laughs> fun fact, everybody, KOH is commonly found in oven cleaners. You know the the no scrub <laughs> oven cleaners, where yeah. you spray that on and then you. Wipe it off uh, an hour later. Let's that let's, is let's, that is that's KOH the here. right there. Yeah. Do not do not want anybody going and spraying Easy Clean and an aerosol can on your fucking yard. So just 
Let's yeah. close that Boom. loop down right now. Dad, <laughs> yeah. yeah. man, not, them guys yeah. on the grass factor, they they told me to go down there to Dollar General, get me some of that easy clean, put it on my yard. Gosh darn, yeah. it's draining great. It's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's draining I'll, great. I'll and then air aid. I, I know that Ray likes to use this to clean out his tank. That says a lot about what it can do. Hmm? His tank? Yeah, because oh, you know sorry. what? No, no. What what Aldo is talking about is, is a half an ounce so per gallon of water recirculated in my sprayers. Oh, yeah. I use that to destroy any kind of like sulfuron methyl or Celsius residue. I just throw that in the sprayer and let it hydrolyze whatever pesticide residues I happen to have in the, in the and sprayer. And then pour it down the drain. Just kidding. <laughs> oh. all i'm saying hey all i'm saying a is joke. at least at least yeah all right jimmy uh at least this guy it's asked the question. sometimes it's, yes he it's did better to yeah. ask it's, a, it's 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 good to ask a question all right aldo thanks for calling in and and best of luck to you in the uh in in the next classes keep us in the loop <laughs> appreciate you guys thanks uh tip go fuck yourself yeah. Oh, got him. <laughs> got him. All right. <laughs> got him. All right. So, uh, anyway, hey, hey, welcome back. I didn't really. Oh, oh, oh! Somebody's calling again. Oh boy. Oh boy. Hello. Hello? Hi. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Loud and clear. What's going on? Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> God damn! Oh, oh! So, uh, uh, what are you doing, BB? What are you drinking first? Are you are you, are you uh, well, a fifth your BAC maker's mark you... right now? Yeah, <laughs> I'm calling in you... with the point three seven right now. Yeah, can you blow for me? <laughs> Not blow me, but blow for me. My please. car won't start. Because I, I blew too high. <laughs> no, so I'm I need a ride. Store. I'm at the corner store. No, he's at the local How site one. <laughs> blue, blue drunk worry, at the I'll local site one. Right to the site one. There you go. There you go. All right. <laughs> what do you got for us? All right, so I got a question. Um, I've posted the a couple of soul tests in the Discord. Um, if I need to, I can pull them up, send them J Pink if he wants to pull them up. That way, y'all can go through this. Let me know if I need to. But um, well, I know potentially, Ray what's your question about a one one one? No, Ray had mentioned okay. based off my soul test, just run a one 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 program on it. Okay. Um, my question is now. Readily available, I have a 17, uh, triple 17, triple 19, triple 21, and then I have a couple others that have a built-in pre, like prodiamine, or they also have prodiamine, or they have something with iron. With Ray's okay. recommendation of running a one Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me let me stop you right there. If it is a one 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 and it has iron in it, by God's green almighty earth, do not apply it unless that P... So, uh, unless that that iron source is EDDHA chelated, uh, or EDTA, but probably EDDHA would be the only thing that's going to be pertinent enough to protect you there. EDTA would would protect it. 
Um, it is so rare, like 99.99999% chance that you're going to see iron EDTA in a granular fertilizer. No one is going to spend that kind of money on it unless you're a fucking psychopath like me. Um, so <laughs> and like right. literally I had to manufacture that in order to bring it into existence because you can't fucking buy it that way unless you get it from a greenhouse or something of the sort, uh, in a, in a, in a soluble form. Anyway, uh, and the reason well, there, why you know, is that maybe sol- soluble too. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you can get a triple 20 and dissolve it and spray it and that, and, and that works. But if you're, if you're on a six week or an eight week, uh, reapplication interval, then you're probably not going to get that kind of duration out of it. So, um, you know, it, I, 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 yeah. So if you're, if you're looking for granular options, because that's what you're set up to spread, then, uh, I would, I would just stay away from the one with iron in it because you're spending money on something you don't need. And, uh, and so what I would do is look at your bags and I want you to put a price per thousand square feet based on the rate you need to apply above them uh, on a on a on a post-it note, and then I want you to throw the dart at the lowest number per thousand square feet, and that will be the one that you pick. How about them apples? Yep, fair enough. Yep, that would be uh, how I how I recommend it as well. Is one 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 least expensive and no garbage iron in it because the other thing about garbage iron sources is that too much garbage iron will literally tie up and sequester away the phosphorus that you're trying to apply because with like iron oxide or or even iron sulfate or iron sucrate what'll happen is that iron source will immediately react with the phosphate in that fertilizer turning into what's called ferric phosphate, which is insoluble and not available. It will be garbage. It'll be hot garbage. Nothing. And if you <laughs> and if you want to fuck around and find out, just take a liquid iron product that you got laying around and then dissolve <laughs> some of your triple twenty in it. And just take a handful, drop it in there, and watch what happens as you get this strange uh congruence of material that begins to hey, form did i tell uh did i tell you all the, the time the that i formed a brick did i tell you all the time i formed a brick no what did you do only one time i've made i've made a few of them myself i tried to put ferromech and my triple 20 together don't do oh, that yeah. by the way yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do, do that you make that mistake <laughs> once <laughs> I was wondering. Uh, somebody somebody texted me. What? Oh, uh, uh, go ahead. I was yeah. just going to say, someone yeah. texted me the other day, and this is this is one of those situations that you can find yourself in on accident. So I don't want anybody to beat themselves up when it happens. It sucks when it happens because you have to clean it out. But um, the fact of the matter is, is that a lot of times there's just a lot of uh, product interactions that you're not aware that may take place. For example, someone was spraying a slow release nitrogen, and then they were bumping it up with uh with ammonium sulfate in most forms of liquid slow release nitrogen are going to be methylene urea methylene urea is basic and ammonium sulfate we know is acidic and when you when you bring those two in contact together uh it will uh begin to cause some polymerization of that methylene urea to occur and you'll get these uh solid viscous jelly-like materials that'll that'll form in the tank 
And then if you have anything else in it too, like heaven forbid, you've got prodiamine and it, it'll bind all those polymers will bind to that prodiamine and you'll get this thick yellow goo that forms that no matter how strongly you agitate, you can put a 64 inch paddle mixer in there. That's, that's on a, a, a 64,000 revolution per minute motor and it will not stay suspended. You'd probably have to run like a sonicator or something in order to get it back in solution. So anyway, my my point is, is that there's a lot of those really, really bizarre interactions. So kudos for you for, for asking about it first. Second of all is jar test. If you're never sure, just jar test. Add an ounce of each product and an ounce of water. And it's in that gives you a worst case scenario because that's a strong percent use dilution, right? So mm-hmm. there's stronger High than you would ever find yeah, in the field. A- but it will tell you exactly if there's any probability of interaction between issues, the, yeah. the ingredients you want to use. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, trust me. I know about, all about the jar test. I've, mm-hmm. I've made Good. clay several times. <laughs> it's easy to do. Good. Yeah. It's, it's easy and it keeps you a hell out of trouble because uh, for me, if it does anything I don't like in my 32 ounce measuring cup, I don't scale it up at from that point on. <laughs> Simple, yeah. Right. So one right? of the ones I mean, that I it... look at that I use, I use normally is the uh, Lebanon Proscape Measle. Mm-hmm. Nice. And on, on the label is saying 0.1% uh, water soluble iron. It don't tell me what it is. Mm-hmm. But there you go. Point, point Do you see that? Do you urea, see point... sulfate, methylene ureas? Murate, a potash, ferric oxide, ferrous sulfate, and 3.4% slow available nitrogen from methylene urea. Ferrous sulfate, yeah. Yeah, so ferrous sulfate and ferrous oxide are your iron sources, but it says 0.1% soluble. So already they're saying that, yeah, probably what we're going to end up having is about a tenth of a percent of soluble iron left over after all of this, right? So, um, right. And They're putting it on there, but 0.1%. 0.1% is the number you're looking at there uh, versus like 1%. So that's a 10x factor that if you have 1% soluble iron versus 0.1% soluble iron. And the thing is, is that if you had only ferric oxide on the label, that soluble iron level would be 0.0000001%. So, uh, yeah. And probably the ferrous sulfate is just from like, you know, non completely reacted ferric oxide. More than likely. It's almost like an accident. <laughs> it accidentally made it into the bag, but put it on the label. But <laughs> but that was my question. So Okay. It's good to talk yeah. to you, BB. You took, hey, I'm just trying not to you. fuck it up over here. If you if you need to ride home from the store, <laughs> so, so, I can I can blow for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, can Telly hop in the chopper me. and drive you down here right quick? Yeah. Hey, Telly! Oh. Telly! <laughs> <laughs> you got a you got a spare Apache that we can we can just hop on over to see. Jay just drops quick. he drop he drops him down and and uh, <laughs> BB's got to put his like tree climbing harness on to hook onto the fucking winch, you know. And get... could, you, could you imagine me trying to slide? Like down he's getting, rope? like he's getting medevaced get, out of Nam or something feet like down that. Just let go. 
Are you wounded? <laughs> no, just just shitbag drunk. <laughs> <laughs> No, sir. No, sir. Right. Just sauced. <laughs> we love you, BB. Love you, Charles. Yeah. Love you. I love you. Appreciate it. Bye. <laughs> oh, man. I uh, have to bust yeah. his balls. You have to. He needs it. He needs somebody like that he in does. his life. Caller. Hello? Wow. I, we what scared is happening? Oh, we did not. Oh. How the hell are you? What is happening, fellas? Hey. Hey. Uh, hey. Did you watch? <laughs> now, now, Matt's got to sit there and tune in and watch. Dr. Shaddix came on and talked to Robert and Cam here last week and it was it was i did i caught some I th- of it i think it was i think it was maybe even better than ours just because like i think i think shaddix uh was just getting his feet wet was just kind of getting the sea legs under him on this whole like yes being on camera and talking live and he was feeling it he was yeah. feeling the flow when he got on there so we were you know sometimes the uh, the first love uh is the deepest or something like that cheryl crow said that one time uh, and we love Doctor Shaddix, but I th- cut the deepest. Is that what it is? Is first she a cutter? Cut she, is the she, deepest. She, yeah. Is she the? Because yeah. at first you're all ballsy, she, she, you know, and then after after that first cut, you're like, oh shit, that hurt. Really <laughs> <good."> <laughs> Not quite so aggressive next time. <laughs> but so yeah, hey. man, it it was it was a good show. It was a good show. Um, definitely appreciate them for coming on. Uh, definitely appreciate y'all for uh, throwing that alley oop that y'all got him started. So he was uh, he was ready <laughs> to go on the road after he did a show with y'all. <laughs> That's right. We are we were the we were the first stop on like the uh, the Travis Shaddix like uh, Lollapalooza on the road tour or some shit like that. So anyway, but hey, so what so what's going on? You you. Uh, we were chatting on the Zoom this past week, and you had listen, Matt. We had our episode with Cam. I don't know what it was, a month ago, something like that. Maybe maybe a little bit uh-huh. longer. Yeah. And man, dude, like you can tell this guy's an engineer because he's just like winding this plan like tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter. <laughs> and when they go to do it, man, it's just gonna fuck. It, it's just gonna be. I, I think it's gonna be perfect. I really do. And I feel like whatever doesn't go the right way like he'll be like oh yeah i thought of that in like six different ways to fix it already here we go hang on let me flip through my spreadsheet on page 77 over here right (laughs) (laughs) over over on over on row 1058 yeah 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 the yeah let me yeah i put this in tableau and the flow chart took me here so you know whatever (laughs) hang on hang on so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Found yeah. out. So, so what? What's going on this week? What's what's the development? What what, what are we what are we talking about this week? So, um, right now, so one of one of the things that I was thinking about. So, I think Ray and I we talked about uh, some of the stuff as far as uh, irrigation. Um, so, I'm working on that right now. Um, my lawn is, is looking amazing on my end right now. So I can't complain. It's still waking up, uh, but it, but it looks pretty good. Um, 
I actually wanted to ask Ray if we could go into that poetry of uh, conversation a little bit and see if we can follow up a little bit on that. And then I have one more question about uh, the Bermuda here later on. But let's see if we can talk Triv for a second. Any any solutions there, Ray, of what we started talking about right before we ended the Zoom? It was like 4 o'clock in the morning, and I was like, you know what? <laughs> for for you, yeah, now. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I still maintain my position of where if you have the poor trivialis, uh, I normally suggest that people light it up so that they know where it is. And then once you know where it is, you then plan your overseed, you know, around it. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that I was telling you is if you have Kentucky bluegrass, and that is the variety that you intend to keep in that area. You have an option. Conversely, if you have turf type tall fescue and nothing else in the turf type tall fescue, you also have an option for dealing with the poetry in that as well. And the options are as follows. If you have KBG, you have mitsulfur and methyl available as an option. If you're intending to keep turf type tall fescue, you have fusillade and triclopyr available as an option. Differentiate that between fusillade and acclaim extra because acclaim extra is not active enough on poor triv. In fact, poor triv is kind of listed as a grass that may be treated with low rates of acclaim. So it's not that effective. Whereas on the other hand, on the fusillade label, it clearly says, do not use this on any grass other than turf type tall fescue, fine fescue, or zoysia, unless, you know, you intend to get rid of those other grasses. So <laughs> I think it's a matter of picking one. Okay. And, not and the, and, the, and the reason why I bring this up is because I remember a few years ago telling some people that had a turf type tall fescue turf contaminated with foreign grasses to, okay, treat it with fusillade. And then they told me, oh, oh, I found out that I have more than turf type tall fescue in this area. Mm -hmm. Like I might have had some ryegrass or KBG mixed in and all that KBG and and ryegrass is now dropping out and dying because of the fusillade. Whoops. You know, fusillade okay. is kind okay. of mean. So just understand that if you go down the fusillade road, make sure you actually have enough turf-type tall fescue present in that area so that you're not left with huge bald or thin areas. And conversely, if you decide to go metsulfuron methyl or MSM, make sure that you have an extremely healthy stand of Kentucky bluegrass or else. Or else. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so it's it's in my front yard. So I'm I'm pretty sure like this year was the like I was telling you, this year or last fall was the only year that I actually added in a little bit of KBG. So all the previous mm -hmm. years, all I've been overseeding with 
was tall fescue. Um, so I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure majority of that is, is going to be, be tall fescue. Okay. Okay. As long as you're sure now, Cam, because as I said, the, when somebody starts treating with fusillade, they quickly find out how mixed that area is. Okay. They quickly find out because yeah, fescue, you know, fusillade is rather unforgiving. <laughs> to put it mildly, that's still it's pretty unforgiving, seed, right? Eh, yeah. More <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, though, you know, just so that you're not shocked or surprised when yeah. more of the area starts dropping out than you thought. I mean, because yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, it's 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 one of those cases where you're gonna know. 30 days from the time that you applied it, what, what you actually got. You're going to know. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> we, we're, supposed to get some, we're supposed to get some rain in here on Saturday, um, and then we're going to be cleared out for the next couple of days after that. Um, so I'll probably go down. I've got both of those out in the, in the, in the, on the shelf right now. Uh, so probably after this rain and stuff passes and it dries up a little bit, I'll probably, it's only like three areas that I can spot treat anyway. I don't have to do like mm-hmm. a blanket app or anything. So um, I'll go out and spot treat them uh, here in probably a, a couple of days after the weekend. Yeah, that sounds like a plan. And uh, the good news is, is that if you mostly have trip type tall fescue, when you spot treat it or, or area treat it with the right rate, the... Yep. Poor trivialis is going to take a hit, and then the turf type tall fescue is going to stay, and you'll know what you get. Yeah. Okay. That works. Um, All right. So my next question is uh, timing on uh, on the Bermuda sprigging. Um, this was one of the things. So I talked to uh, I talked to Jason uh, over at the at the side farm and. Right now, they're kind of looking at maybe having sprigs available uh, for the iron cutter, like around Mother's Day, possibly. Um, but what I'm planning to do, he was like, for Memorial Day, for sure, they may have them. But I'm thinking about pushing the sprigging job back to like that first weekend in June, just to try to see if I can get a little bit more viability out of the sprigs. Because, you know, we're up here in Maryland. Like everything warm season is still dormant right now. And the weather is not really looking too promising for like the next three weeks. So I'm thinking like the green up on the on the sprigs and having them viable and ready to go may be delayed a little bit. Um, so what's you guys thinking on as far as North Carolina sprig job with Bermuda in early June, or should I wait a little bit longer? Send it. Ah, send it June, June, because I'm thinking you want at least three months of warm weather for growing. Yeah. So June, in fact, uh, how how are you condition-wise in mid-May even? How are you? I think in in North Carolina, mid May, I'm a go 
but the problem is, is I'm getting the sprigs from up here. So I, mm. and even talking to Jason at the, uh, at the side farm here in Maryland, they're kind of, they're kind of iffy given the way that our weather has been. We've been cool. I mean, anything warm season mm -hmm. hasn't even started to come out of dormancy, like at all. Right. Um, and then right, like the, right, right. the next two weeks, we're not even getting it. We haven't even hit the seventies yet. Like through the mm -hmm. like first week or two in April. So mm -hmm. it, it, the weather, the weather's moving slow up here as far as it waking up. Okay. So it's like, it's like winter is hanging, hanging on uh, understood because uh, I've been through some years where it is March and April and it's still low seventies here in Hawaii. So I, I know that that can happen where you, you, you have a, a winter that's not going, going away yet. Yeah. That can happen. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so Ryan, Ryan, what are you, what are you thinking as far as, uh, wait till Memorial day sprigs, getting sprigs around Memorial day, going down with the sprig job early June. Or, or what's your what's your thoughts there? Uh, my thoughts are whichever weekend that you can get them out at that time. I mean, if dormant sprigging is a thing, like people do it, you have you have more attrition uh, with your sprig and your in your loss rate, things like that. So, the the things that you need to look at right from an attrition rate are going to be number one, the viability of the sprigs as they're coming out of the ground. So if you're you know, yeah. the, the stand that they're pulling out of is green, grown, active, healthy, all that kind of stuff. Like you're going to have the most viable as you stair step down, you get yeah. down to like dormant stuff. Like you can do it. And if you get green tissue in there, that's going to pop when it warms up all the better, but you're definitely going to have a delayed response and how quickly that stuff grows in. Yeah. So anything on a sliding scale from again, dormant springing all the way up to okay. a healthy green viable. That's one thing. The other thing is going to be obviously the weather. Right. And I think we talked about this. I can't remember if it was on the Zoom, if it was on the episode, whatever, is as yep. much as hot weather and heat during the day is important, I would say that your your marker or the thing that you're looking for is the number of nights above 70 degrees. That's your telltale sign. Yeah. Like If yep. you can string together like 10 plus of those in a month, it's going to go real quick. And so that's that's kind of your marker, not necessarily like, oh, I need to have days where it's 95 and it's not. Like that helps, and it's all kind of predicated on you know, sort of a, a, a bimodal uh, temperature swing, right? Or diurnal temperature swing, yep. right? So you have highs during the day, all that kind of stuff. All that being said, the other thing too on the attrition rate would be uh, getting that stuff as fresh as possible from the farm to uh, the sprigger as quickly as you can. And I wouldn't feel like you're under the gun. Um, and I say that from experience. So like, you're going to use the same or a very similar method in terms of sod to sprigs, right? You're just grinding up sod and dishing that out. Now, how you're, you know, packing the ground, all that stuff's a little bit different. And I think you'll have a little bit more attrition because of that, because of the planting method. But I'm not going to say that you're wrong for doing it or anything like that. It's just the way you have to do it. It's totally fine. We talked about culture yep. packers. We talked about all that kind of stuff. I mean, I've had yep. literally, I, 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 I've had sod that has sat for uh, a period of almost 72 hours from harvest until wow. we could have an installer there. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, dude, when you're trying to line up, you know, sod coming from Maryland and a sprigger, a sprig installer coming from 
literally uh, the southeast corner of Missouri or southwest corner of Missouri, literally bumfuck Missouri, um, you know, it, it, it takes some coordination. Sometimes you can't always get everything to line up and absolutely no issues getting it established. So just be ready to okay. water. Have your irrigation system tested. Have that shit top form. Do not, oh, yeah. you know, get there the day of and find out, ooh, got problems. All right. Yep. So, yeah. I plan I plan to do that a couple weeks before, like yeah, weeks mm-hmm. in advance, because I know how that goes. Yep, and that's that's the, like once you get them there and everything's all hunky dory, like that's it. That's your rock, you know, that you got to lean on uh, to get it all done. So keep that in mind and keep pushing. And uh, like I said, I know that more questions will come up, so reach out to us and let us know. Okay. All right. Cool. That that was the. That was the big debate that I was uh, I was on uh, right now is kind of with that timing. Uh, I do think I want the most viable sprigs that I can get, which is why, like, I mm-hmm. think I'm going to push it back a little bit, given the weather mm-hmm. that we're having up here and just mm-hmm. make sure I'm, like you said, I'm going to have as little attrition as possible once I done paid for them sprigs anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, I, w- I want the best ones that I can get. Well, if you need more, come up here about that same time, and I'll have a whole bunch of uh, of free iron cutter sprigs if you want to drive up to Ohio. Okay. <laughs> hey, don't don't tempt me up for a good time. Uh, I, I I maybe I am. All right, maybe I am. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh All right, man, I appreciate, we appreciate it. it, man. All right, boys All right, and girls, well, listen, we got to wrap it up. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, ooh, yeah. Ooh. Gobble my gobble my novel. Yeah, maybe a little bit. I don't know. All right. Uh we're gonna go to the after show now. Uh for those of you that have not participated or are new around here and don't generally know what's going on, uh the after show is uh where there's some real man talk. You know what I mean? You know. Uh we don't like labels, but we aren't no, afraid to say that we're men. And yeah, we're not afraid to say that we talk about some things that uh, you know, might rub people the wrong way. And you know what? We're okay with that. We lean into that hard. So if you don't know how to get over there, go ahead and check us out, www.patreon.com forward slash burn return. You'll check us out over there uh, for the low, low price of uh, as low as $4 and as many as 20 of those same dollars. You can get access to our Patreon, our Zooms that we do on about just about a weekly basis, uh, maybe every other week. Talk to us, talk to Matt, talk to Ray, talk to a whole bunch of other people that are educated, that are smart, and uh, know a lot about turf grass, whether they're pro or a homeowner or whatever, but uh, get on over there, get involved, and uh, link up with us, and we'd love to see you over there on the after show, and we'll see you all on the next one.